Welcome to the Journal of Simon Pride. Eat your greens and please respect the laws of the crosswalk. This episode is brought to you by my great aunt Natty. While I do not get along with my great aunt Natty and I really oppose her political views, she also made this basement space available for me to record this podcast. So thank you, great aunt Natty. November 7th. It was shortly after 4 o'clock on Saturday the 5th when my great-aunt Natty came into my bedroom and informed me that my parents were, in fact, alive. You can't imagine the excitement and the hope that I felt at that moment. Well, you probably can because I'm sure by this point you've listened to enough stories about almost orphan, but maybe they're not, children. But it still hit me pretty hard. The Dickensians had kept my parents alive? Why? They were known for torture and sacrifices, but it was a rare case when they intentionally kept someone alive. Well, hun, Great Aunt Natty said, sitting on the edge of my bed and sighing, your parents are very wealthy people with a lot of, um, hmm, assets. What do you mean by that? I asked slowly. What are you not telling me? I mean, Great Aunt Natty said, that they have lots of valuable information that has not been disclosed to the general public, and the Dickensians want to listen. What kind of information, Great Aunt Natty? I asked. Sensitive information, she said. Of a political nature, on a grand scale. The Dickensians want that information to disrupt the government and everyone's way of life. Okay, I muttered, voice wavering. They rally behind their motto of, shake it up like Charles. It's all so convoluted and strange, I said. Yeah, maybe Dickens shook things up, but they're totally warping his message and making him into someone he's not. Mmm, my great-aunt said, still lost in thought. They justified their entire cause, their movement, from a line in Dickens' novel, Great Expectations. The line goes, There was a long, hard time when I kept far from me the remembrance of what I had thrown away when I was quite ignorant of its worth. But what does that have to do with anything? I exclaimed. It's poignant, I suppose, she said. Maybe it's just cryptic enough to keep people guessing, adding fuel to the fire, you know. So they're torturing my parents right now as we speak? My great-aunt Natty hung her head. Yes, my child. Yes, they are. Using that quote to justify their actions, even when none of it makes any sense? Yes, my child. I gulped. And how are the Dickensians torturing my parents? I'm afraid... A pause. Well, you see, I'm afraid they have been tied to chairs for the last four weeks 
and have been subjected to reruns of the most recent show, Love Island. Love Island? I asked incredulously. Yes, the Australian edition. So it's not even the UK kind. That sounds positively inhumane, I said, staring down at the floor of my bedroom. The Dickensians just keep it on a constant loop. Your parents are not allowed to have any snacks as they watch, and their eyes are being kept open by tape. Like a clockwork orange? I asked. Like a clockwork orange, she confirmed. At the end of each two-hour-long episode, the Dickensians subject your mother and father to a detailed test covering... Please, I said, holding up my hand. I think I've heard enough. I'm sorry to have to be the one to tell you, she said softly. Does Eloise know? I asked. I'm getting ready to tell her next, she said. I figured it would only be fair to tell you both individually in your own time. Well, thank you for telling me, I muttered. Great Aunt Natty gave my hand a squeeze, lifted herself off the bed, and left my room. Open or closed, she asked. Closed, please, I replied. When she had closed my door and moved on to Eloise's room, I grabbed my pillow and screamed into it. A good, long, hard scream with feeling and oomph. The Dickensians would pay. But first, I had to track them down. Simon Pride, signing off.